Hey bosses, before we kick off the show, I want to take a second to tell you about our sponsor this week, Indeed.com. Indeed is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. And right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which will get you more qualified candidates even faster. All you got to do is head over to Indeed.com slash iLab. That's Indeed.com dot com slash i l a b i'll tell you more about them after the break but for now let's get the show started welcome to the invest like a boss podcast i'm sam marks and i'm johnny fd we're self-made entrepreneurs who invest our own money and use modern technology to invest like a boss join us each week for exclusive interviews with our network of modern investors business owners and multimillionaires to discover new ways to invest our hard-earned cash Hey bosses, this is Johnny and welcome to episode 160 of the Invest Like a Boss podcast. I'm out here in Little England and Sam is about to move out of his apartment in 30 minutes. Where are you, Sam? Uh, I'm in Charlotte. I'm moving over to the new house in Clemson, Johnny. A new era has begun. Clemson? Oh, the the house. It's ready. The house. Well, the house is, it's sort of unofficially ready. It's, uh, it'll be ready in a week. So I'm moving all the stuff into the garage while the current occupiers move out. And then uh, by November, I'll be in the new house. And pretty quickly after that, I will be back on a flight over to uh, Barcelona. And I don't know if you've checked this out or even interests you, but the snow report is amazing already. Like Andorra is getting dumped on. The mountains are completely covered in snow. Um, And I'm looking forward to getting out on the slope and getting some recreation in this year. Okay, yeah, nice. Because I I know you uh, missed a couple seasons. So yeah. this is going to be excited. And uh, I'm in the cold in L- Little England, <clears throat> near Elia, Sri Lanka. And it really feels like England here. It's freezing. Is that because of the season changing or is it just high up in the mountains or both? It, um, it's high up in the mountains. It's, it's probably yeah. like 17 Celsius every day. Rainy, you know, misty. Gets down to like 13 degrees at night. Wow. Well, that's a nice for a change. You've spent a good part of the year on a, a warm tropical beach. Um, and, you know, variety is good. Seasons are good. It's, uh, it's healthy for the mind and spirit. Yeah, definitely agree. And that's why a lot of people want to go to places like Italy for the summer and then maybe perhaps even have a second home for one euro. <laughs> Man, this is going to be a fun episode. Why? Because what's a better headline? One euro homes now available in Italy. It's probably one of the biggest clickbait campaigns you've ever come across, but yet it's real. And this is an, an actually a genius program that the Italian government has put in. You're going to hear that some other countries are following suit because the popularity has been so strong. And this is a topic that we've talked about in the boss lounge in passing by sharing articles, but we've never actually done a full episode on it. And we promised everyone that we would, uh, would get a guest. And uh, this week's guest is going to be specialized in real estate, but specifically they've actually gone over to Italy and they've actually bought a couple of homes out of this program. So nothing better than, you know, firsthand experience to, to have on as a guest. Yeah. And stay tuned to the outro because I'm going to ask Sam about his trip that he wants to plan for 2021 to actually go to Italy and take a look at some of these. But let's That's first, right. uh, I, I've read the CNN article, definitely very clickbaity, but it's exciting to see what's real. And I watched... Carl Peer, our, our this week's guest, he, he had a vlog that he went and kind of documented the whole thing. So I'm excited to have him on now to ask him some more questions. Definitely. Uh, so guys, I think you'll enjoy this episode. Just quick background. Italy is introduced one euro homes in small villages where people basically that can't afford to keep up their homes or renovate their homes. They can put them into this program, be uh, forgiven for any back taxes or whatever they have. Uh, and the idea is that these towns sell the, um, th- these properties to oftentimes locals, sometimes foreigners. They go in and they update the, the properties. It cleans up the village and it, it revives the village. Uh, and it's been wildly successful. So excited to have on this week's guest and let's jump into it. All right. Here's Carl and Sam. This week's episode of Invest Like a Boss is sponsored by Indeed.com, where they know that hiring is one of the most crucial things that you can do to help your business. And they are the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay 
for what you need. You can pause your account at any time and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier. Like one of their features is sponsored jobs. These are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. And with 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed every month, Indeed is going to get you that important hire that you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. So you can join them now. Indeed is offering Invest Like a Boss listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job posts, which means more quality candidates will see your post. Try Indeed out now with your free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash iLab. That is their best offer anywhere. So check it out, indeed.com slash I-L-A-B. Terms and conditions apply, offer valid through December 31st. All right, Carl, thanks for joining us and welcome to the show. Man, thanks for having me. I definitely appreciate uh, having an outlet to talk. I love to talk, so. Yeah, well, you got a lot to talk about. You're a very interesting guy. (laughs) We'll find out on this episode, but, um, you know, this is... Topic-wise, this is a topic that people have been wanting to talk about for a long time. I think a lot of people know about this now, but don't have much of a level of detail on it. Um, and it was really great to see that you've actually you've gone through this process. I mean, I know you're a big real estate investor as a whole, but you've actually gone through and bought some properties in Italy that were not necessarily that $1 or that one euro property, but we're, we're not far from it. And um, yeah, it's just great to have you on. I mean, I guess going into that as a segue, it'd be good just to hear a little bit of your background about how you got into real estate and eventually started thinking about the the one euro properties. So the way I got into real estate, it was actually like most people by accident. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to Stony Brook University in New York and the program that I was in was uh, uh, had a radiology post-bac clinical year. So after graduating, I had to do a clinical year to kind of hone my skills and perfect my craft. Mm -hmm. But because of that, I was no longer considered a matriculated student and I wasn't guaranteed housing. And me and my fraternity brothers were all in the same program, all in the same situation. So we were faced with either renting a house in the neighborhood or buying a house. And it just so happened it was 2006 and you really didn't need anything to get approved for a mortgage in the United States. <laughs> so on uh, college wages and uh, fairly good credit, we, we got together, picked up a house, 106% financing, um, virtually uh, no money out of pocket other than my money to put the binder deposit down and get it back. And we made that house work by subdividing it and renting it to ourselves and a few of our classmates. And that was like the start of it because we started to cash flow and saw that this need is kind of perpetual in the college town that we were in. And that kind of evolved now into a little over $60 million in real estate assets, uh, both commercial and residential, um, mostly fix and flips. Uh, but I, you know, as a typical ENTP uh, personality type, I get bored with routines. So anything that's kind of new and shiny and exciting and fun gets me going again. And my brother actually is, he's a physician, but he's always looking at real estate. He doesn't, he doesn't invest, but he's always thinking about investing. Yeah. Um, so for whatever reason, you know, the algorithm matches people up with what they want to see. He gets an article from CNN that's talking about one euro properties yeah. in Italy. He's a wine drinker and he was like, oh man, it's always been my dream to like own my own vineyard and produce my own vintage. Like, look at this, they're selling properties in Italy for a buck and, you know, I could get my, my land and it's, it's got the Italian vintage. It'll be good for, for, for the brand, yeah. et cetera. And I was like, what? Let me see this. And in New York City, back in like the 80s and early 90s, when we were going through our crack epidemic, Harlem, New York, which is in Manhattan itself, was a complete horror scene, right? Walking dead over there. And the city actually instituted a dollar uh, program as well. And we were too young to participate in that. But now those properties are selling for like 1,200 a square foot. Uh, so it's like, imagine if we were old enough to take advantage of dollar deals in, in Harlem, that's something that we talked about. He was like, so seeing that dollar deal in, in Italy, he was like something we have to move on. And I was like, you know what? 
this would be cool for my YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. Just me going and documenting this experience. And I was like, I usually talk about flipping real estate on my channel, ENTP life. And I was like, this should resonate with people in some way. Right. And I was like, all right, mm-hmm. so I'll go out there to make a trip out of it. And okay. I'll buy a couple of properties for a buck. Um, so that's kind of how I got introduced to it. A text message from my brother texting me an article from CNN.com saying, you know, they're, they're selling properties for a buck and it just <laughs> seems attractive to me. So you ended up buying your brother's dream. <laughs> I ended up buying my brother's dream and then I convinced him to try to buy one too. And then he started giving me excuses. I said, yeah. I said they, they weren't big enough for him. Yeah. <laughs> it's absurd. So yeah. by the time you had gone over there and, and we'll, we'll get into that story a little bit, which is great. And we'll leave a link to your YouTube video on it you had already been doing a significant amount of real estate investing by the time you, you made the trip over there to, to take a, take the plunge. Yes. Um, so I, like I said, the first deal I got into was in 2006 in the early years I was doing like a deal a year, maybe every some years, like two, three year gaps between a deal. Cause I did, I did two deals in 2009 and then I didn't do another deal till 2012. And it wasn't until then that actually money started coming back into the market and people stopped being afraid of real estate. Hard money lenders started showing up. They started becoming, there was more money available to do, to do deals, hands down. From 2009 to 2012, uh, real, real estate was a non-starter in conversations. Pretty much anything money related was a non-starter in, in that era. Um, but since then, I, I would say I have over 30 properties. One of the biggest pieces of my portfolio is a shared office space in uh, New York City called Solar Spaces. Mm-hmm. So that's about 8,000 square feet, 30 offices um, that we rent out to emerging entrepreneurs and, and locals. It's right by like the, uh, the uh, Miracle and 34th Street Macy's mm-hmm. complex and Madison Square Garden. So it's well located. And then the rest of my portfolio are one to four family uh, homes. So a lot of them in Long Island, upstate New York, Orange County, Northern New Jersey. And in between those, I flipped, I can't even say maybe 14 other properties buy and and resell. Um, And the flipping is more just to provide operational money, either more money to do more deals or to pay the support staff that we now have that keep the operation going. Got it. A lot of good ideas come out of fraternity houses, don't they? Oh, yeah. And a lot of awful ones too. (laughs) It's so funny because I I was living in a fraternity house in 2006 as well. And we were trying to do the same thing. We were trying to buy it off the owner because the owner would just wouldn't take care of the property at all. And I mean, it was it was your (laughs) stereotypical fraternity house, total mess. Um, Floorboards were always coming up, everything. So we were trying to buy it off off of him. but a couple of the people that were leading it end up graduating. We're just like, forget about it. And then it was kind of late. Uh, whenever things started crashing, I think it was like early 2008. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had other worries on our minds, but it's really cool that you actually ended up going through with it. Did you, how long did you guys end up keeping the, the house? Oh, we still have it. You still own it? Yeah. No way. What's the fraternity? Sigma Lambda Beta. It's a uh, Latino based organization, uh, national. Yeah. Cool. That's awesome. So were these the first, the, the Italian properties, were those your first international properties that you picked up? No. The first international property that I got involved in is a six unit building in Medellin, Colombia. Mm-hmm. This was a rent to rent for the usage of Airbnb. And we opened up a Venezuelan Arepa Rio or an Arepa shop on, on the first level. Um, but that ended up getting killed by coronavirus. Um, once the country, the country went through a hard shutdown. And once they went through that hard shutdown, there were no bookings for months and it just didn't make sense for us to carry it any longer. That entire hostel uh, rental scene in in Medellin, Colombia is is really hurting. But that was the first one. Um, And, you know, the cool thing about South America is that the cities are, are pretty well developed as if it's a developed city. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not like what most Americans would think South America is like. And it's for such a discount compared to an American city. So that was like the initial draw for me. I was like, wow, I could get so much for so little. The profit margins are going to be small as well because everything yeah. is priced locally. It's not like the Caribbean where everything gets priced to the dollar and things are even more expensive 
because they're self-sustainable countries, they are, everything is priced in their local currency and priced to their wages. So you'd get, you know, you could get a three bedroom apartment in Poblado uh, Medellin, which is one of the better neighborhoods for 600 bucks a month, Mm -hmm. right? If you're renting it. So um, that was the the draw there. So that was the first international uh, investment that I made as it relates to real estate. Um, But the first properties that I'm owning in another country are these in Italy. Great. So can you dive into the story a little bit of how you, how you went over there and, and basically scouted all out, you know, connecting with local agents and figuring out which properties to view that, that that whole story. When I was watching your video, I thought it was really intriguing and it's something that's been playing out in my head as well. Just kind of taking this epic road trip around certain parts of Italy and just, you know, doing all the research the hard way or the fun way. Yeah. So, so the story is pretty simple. So after I got the text message from my brother, I went to the article and the article says who's administering these sales in Musomeli, Sicily. That's where I ended up buying. Um, there's a few different provinces, provinces or cities or towns. I don't even know how to describe the areas, but probably towns that are doing these dollar programs. And it's throughout Italy, not just Sicily. So on, in mainland Italy, they have them as well. They actually have them in Spain too. Mm-hmm. And um, the article stated the agency that was handling it. So I went to the agency website, clicked through to the contact form, contacted the agent, didn't get a response for like, I, I would say probably like a month. Mm-hmm. Right. And I was like, okay, this is a scam. That's exactly what I thought. I was like, oh, this is BS. There's no, this, this isn't real. Yeah. Nobody answered. So finally Valeria answers. And I guess she gets inundated with these sort of like, Healer. inquiries right like <laughs> yeah. oh i saw the dollar homes it's like all right oh you and a million other people yeah. saw these dollar homes how many of you actually whatever so she ends up saying pretty much that she's like okay here it is uh but i highly recommend that you set an appointment to come mm-hmm. we're doing walkthroughs in november and february and it was like october by the time i got the response i was like it's too short notice for me to just zip over there in November. I got Thanksgiving on my birthday. It's like, I'll take the February date. So February comes, I book a flight. So it's New York city to London, London to Palermo, get in a car from Palermo. Palermo is like the big city of Sicily. Mm -hmm. So I get in a car, rent a car and I drive two hours through like the Italian countryside at night (laughs) to get to Musumeli. And it, just like any rural town in the United States, Musumeli, I believe, has 12,000 uh, full-time residents. Mm-hmm. So imagine a, a, a town in the U.S. at 1 a.m. in the morning that only has 12,000 people. There's nobody out. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, my God, I'm freaking in a ghost town. It's, this is like, no wonder they're selling houses for a euro. There was no, no life, no activity. No dollar general. No, no dollar general, <laughs> nothing. It was just, it was just stone houses. And I was like, okay, I don't know if this was a good idea. I even, I even uh, reached out to my, my wife and I was like, I think I made a mistake coming here. Um, But I was like, whatever. Make a good video. (laughs) Yeah. It's going to make a good video. Exactly. Either way, it'll be cool. So I ended up saying at a, um, at a bread and breakfast house in town called Viola's, it's about 40 euros a night. You get a bed, you get some breakfast and it's right in the, in the heart of Musomeli if, yeah, in their downtown, if you want to call it that, uh, where everything is, like their main street. And uh, by the next morning, you know, I would say things seemed a lot different. The sun was out. It didn't look so dreary. People were out. Old Italian guys just kind of standing by the, like, there's like a mountain view or like a, like a vista where you could kind of look out. So you have these old Italian guys who are just standing there and you, in the distance, you could see like the old side of town, which is where these Euro properties are being sold. So I kind of stick out like a sore thumb in Musumeli. Um, mm-hmm. I'm a black dude and we're just not in great numbers over there. So <laughs> they, they, they're looking at me like, all right, where is this guy from? What's the, he must be here for the one Euro houses. <laughs> so, yeah. so one of the guys pink, comes up to me. Waving his on. <laughs> huh? Got your pink polo on. Yeah, yeah. They comes up to me with his finger out and he's like, he's like, France. I was like, no. Good guess. Good he guess. Like, Africa. <laughs> I was like, no. I was like, USA. He was like, USA. 
And then he goes and gets his friend who lived in Miami for a while, another right. old Italian guy. He's like, weighs him over. <laughs> he's like, he's from the USA. And I guess he's like the best English speaker in the group. So he's like, mm -hmm. talk to him. Yeah. So I'm talking to the older guy and I was like, oh, I'm here for, for the one euro properties. So he points out to old town and he's like, have your pick. There's so many of them. Right. And I was like, okay, mm -hmm. that's kind of interesting. Um, and th so they're aware of the one euro deals, right? So I was thinking, I was like, this yeah, town doesn't seem unsafe. Yeah. Why would anybody allow the property values to go down to $1? And what I ended up finding out after taking uh, the property tour is just that when Italy got entered into the Eurozone, and I think this happened with a lot of the, the EU countries, those economies that were a little um, bit of laggards in a way, they started to have access to the bigger cities, to Berlin, Frankfurt, yeah. Paris, London, mm -hmm. Rome. They, so people would leave these smaller towns and would have no issues with immigration, no issues with finding jobs in the larger economy. So there was like this drain of the youth yeah. from these cities. So people were just kind of condensing down to big cities or wherever there was economic opportunity. And I, and, you know, that's what I gathered. And, and this makes sense. Um, but because of that, people aren't replenishing those towns and they aren't doing the things that those towns are known for, like Musumeli's into sheep farming and that sort of thing. So uh, this younger generation is not looking to raise sheep. Uh, yeah. They're looking for tech jobs. They're looking for you know, other, other ventures. Um, but once you, once you get there, uh, the idea is, I think that's like the first test, Right. Valeria, the agent, she doesn't want to deal with people who are like, oh, I, I, I'm thinking about buying yeah. you know, 20 properties, right? I got 20 bucks, I'm buying, buying 20 euro <laughs> properties, you know, right here from my computer. Yeah. And then, you know, you don't know who you're dealing with. Like it, it's just, I could see that being a nightmare to deal with. So oh, yeah. I think her test to vet you is to set up an appointment. If you show up, then you're somewhat serious, mm -hmm. right? Because you wouldn't have flown yourself over there and, and made your trek to Busumeli. Um, but once you're there and you get a sense of the city, you get a sense of what makes it romantic, what makes it charming, like all of old Europe, it's the old architecture, the old feel, the small narrow streets, that sort of thing. And, and you get that right there in Musumeli. Why did you choose Sicily? I mean, you flew there directly from the US, right? So you, was that just where you identified properties or was there something already about Sicily that you, that you liked? The articles said they were selling properties for one euro in Musumeli, Sicily. I didn't research anything. I was there just like, go. I'm going there and I'm buying a property for a dollar and I'm documenting it. That's, there was no research. There was no they, yeah. completely impulsive person. Um, so mm -hmm. something like that, I didn't think about it too much. It was like, at the oh. end of it all, it's going to be a cool trip. <laughs> Two weeks you're, in good, you're in good company. <laughs> you're in good company with those decisions. Um, what, what's the catch with these things? It, there's, there's a renovation component to it that, that needs to be guaranteed or, or is, is that just a, a rumor? The only catch with it is that there is a, a renovations component. Um, and depending on what municipality you're in, the, the rules kind of change. It's usually two to three years to get the property structurally sound and aesthetically uh, appealing from the outside. Mm -hmm. A lot of these properties have been abandoned for years. So they might have collapsing roofs. They might have structural issues. Uh, they're definitely ugly to look at. So the, the thing that the towns care about is that this, this property is not going to collapse on somebody one day mm -hmm. and that is, it stops looking hideous. So they give you like two, three, sometimes even five years to complete those two components or else you get fined. Some of the municipalities require that you, get bonded or you put up a deposit that is forfeited if you don't complete the work, the others will, will levy it against you or against the mm. property um, if you don't complete the work. But essentially, these are properties that have typically been identified as blight properties, or in some cases, they've just been abandoned. And the, the owners of those properties don't want to carry the, the property for taxes, or they just don't want to worry about it. 
and they kind of put them into the Euro program. So it doesn't necessarily mean that that house has the same structural issues or the aesthetic issues. It could be like, I just want to get rid of this to make it more marketable. It's on the yeah. dollar list. Got it. So they're actually submitted into that either by the, the owner or in some cases, just the government or the, the local municipality, if they can't figure out who's owning this no, anymore. The owner actually has to consent to it. Okay. So it's not, it's not like how it is in the States that mm-hmm. it gets repoed through, through tax law. The repoed properties get actually auctioned out. There's another dude um, called Davo that I, I did an interview with on my YouTube channel. He, he's in Italy, American dude, moved to, to Italy for love for a girl. Mm-hmm. And he now invests in the auction market, but he's also looked into the, to the Euro properties. And that's how I connected with him. But they have like a, like a foreclosure auction scene there too. So if the government took over the property, mm-hmm. they would auction it up. It, it doesn't necessarily mean that that property has been repossessed by the government. Gotcha. It's usually people who are offering their property up for that program. Yeah. And how many property, how many one euro properties did you end up actually viewing in total? I think, I think I might've saw four or five. Mm-hmm. Um, and some people may think of this as like a, a kind of a bait and switch strategy, but it's a common sense one. Mm-hmm. So the draw is the Euro properties, the, the, that dollar price tag. Mm-hmm. But when you get there and you see the condition of some of these Euro properties, you know, pigeons living inside of it for years collapsed. You can't walk on this floor because we don't, we can't guarantee that you're not going to fall through it. Um, people who go there starry eyed and who've never invested in real estate are kind of overwhelmed. And it, <laughs> you, you could feel that energy like, Oh my God, yeah. what am I, you know, this is, this is so awful because they had another picture of the property in their yeah. mind. Yeah. Um, so at that point, the sales agent will say, listen, there's other properties that we have for sale in the same old town that we call premium listings or superior listings or something like that. Mm-hmm. They're the better listings. They're not for a Euro, but they're in better condition. So if you want to take a look at those, I suggest we take a look at those. Actually, there's one right across the way. This one's for sale. So I could show you the difference between the premium market and the dollar market. And you can yeah. kind of make your choice. So the first one that she showed me out of those, I ended up buying. Um, it was about a 400 square foot. I'm, I'm, when I cover this one, uh, the renovation, I'm going to call it my Italian tiny villa or something like that. Mm-hmm. I think that would get some clicks. Um, but it was 400 square feet, two stories. So it's a one bedroom over like living room area, corner unit. So I have exposures on two sides and it was for sale for 5,000 euros. Livable. It needs to be updated. Like it has some kind of flaking walls, like plastic walls. They, they're kind of chipping. The bathroom needs to be renovated. But structurally and aesthetically, I was like, I could clean this place and move in, right? There's, there's nothing stopping me from living here for 5,000 euros. So I was like, okay, this is a yes. Um, and then we saw a few others. And then I saw another property that was uh, about 1,200 square feet or so, three-story townhouse. It's like 15 feet wide by 50 feet deep, that, that sort of layout. The, the upper floor is, is a little uh, smaller but it's about a thousand square feet, three levels. And it has the, the same view that, w- that I was referencing before, where you're looking out onto the mountainside into old town. It's the reverse view. So I'm looking onto new town in the mountainside. And I was like, man, this view is awesome. It also is on a wider street and it has like parking in the front. And I was like, this would be good just for a vacation house for me and my family. It's got enough space. It's uh two bedrooms, two bathrooms, two living rooms for whatever reason, um, and two kitchens. <laughs> and, uh, and I was like, this would be a good project just to have a little place for my family to vacation in. Yeah. Um, I was like, I like the view. I like the space. I was like, you know, 12,000 euros. I'll get that too. So I ended up buying two properties, not the Euro specials because Comparing the 5,000 euro home to one of the other euro homes, they're about the same size, similar configuration. It would take me way more than 5,000 euros to get it to that 5,000 euro condition. Right. So like the replacement cost, let's just, you're talking about maybe $60 a square foot mm-hmm. to, 
to reconstruct one of those properties. So maybe $24,000, $30,000 just to get it to the same right. point. So yeah. why, why would I do that? You know, for me, I'm always looking at how, what is, what is the market value and what is the replacement cost of this? And I'm getting this property for less than materials cost. Yeah. The so, grand appeal is going over there for the dollar homes, but value proposition, the ones that you picked up sound like it's a no brainer. Yep. Yeah. So what do you think you're going to put into the renovations total between the two properties? All right. So I, right now, just on renovations, I have the two, I, I actually started uh, this Monday. So it's what? Uh, October Congratulations, 9th, so. by the way. Oh, thank you. Yeah. So this Monday, um, whatever date that is, like the third or fifth, whatever, um, we started construction. And for both the projects, it's running me 18,000 euros. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's like in, in the larger home, what, but the scope of work is that I'm, at, I'm building a new bathroom because I, I wanted a bathroom in the second level. And I'm actually splitting it out so it could function like a two-family home. Because where I, the front door, you have the option of going straight upstairs or breaking off to the right. And if you break mm-hmm. off to the right, you have a kitchen, living area, and a bathroom. So that could be its own standalone apartment. When you go upstairs, you have another living area, a bedroom. And then on the third floor, there's a kitchen and a bedroom. Mm-hmm. There's just no bathroom. So I was like, you know what, let me build out a bathroom into this living area. And now I could have two units in this home. When I'm there, I occupy the entire thing. When I'm not there, I have two options for people to rent on Airbnb. Um, So the scope of work on that project is finishing out the walls, painting the house throughout, uh, adding adding the bathroom and doing the facade over uh, because that could be improved. And that was 12,000 euros. On the other property, I'm completely demoing out the bathroom, the only bathroom in the house, redoing all the walls, painting. I, I wanted to add like um, in-wall light fixtures so that I had like a, a bedside lamp, bedside lamps, but coming out of the wall. So there's some electrical work uh, of complete bathroom, paint, and just minor improvements. Yeah. And that's costing me 6,000 euros. Um, on top of that, I negotiate, I, I negotiate to keep the majority of the furniture that was in the house. So I'm looking to repurpose that, sand it, paint it, uh, change the look and feel of things. Cause it's like furniture from the 1970s, but it, it fits the charm. Yeah. Like I, I know I can modernize it. And, and uh, so those will be projects I cover on my channel as well. Just like, what did I do with this old furniture? And then kind of the final reveal of the space okay. is what I have in mind. Um, yeah, nice. And then there's a few other little things that I, that I may change. And as far as, and also bringing in new decor and new like appliances. Did you find the contractors just online after you left or did you locate them while you're still there on your visit? I was walking around filming and I saw a group of guys working on a house. Turns out it was somebody who came for a Euro house as well, but bought a premium listing dude from England named Sean. And I walk by and I have my camera and I'm like, Oh, can't speak Italian. So I was like, uh, do you guys speak English? And the guy was like, no, 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 no. One minute. Mm-hmm. The owner of the construction company comes, he speaks English. He was living in England for a while. So he's the English speaker. Mm-hmm. Um, he was like, yeah, I'm doing this project for this, this English guy. He actually gets here tomorrow. He gives me a walkthrough of the house, shows me the t- work that he did, the before and after pictures. And that's the contract I ended up using. So it was just walking around. And I do that here in the States. If mm-hmm. I see guys working, I'll pull up to them, get their cards. I actually get a chance to see the quality of their work. So I know what they're able to do. And I build my contacts that way. So while I was there, it was kind of the same process, just see who I could meet, see who I could identify. And if it wasn't for that, I would probably would go with like a referral from the real estate agent who, who are others using, what is the feedback? And, you mm-hmm. know, it's a small town, so they'll connect you with yeah. the local guys. How was the closing process? Closing process, I would say relatively smooth, but slow. Mm-hmm. Remember, I went there in February, so Italy shut down. Slow time, yeah. Right? Oh man, they shut down for coronavirus. And then nothing, that didn't come back online to like June that they started working again. 
and then you got like the August holidays. So, so I ended up closing in, on one property in July. The other one, actually my, my seller on the 5,000 euro property died in the, in the process. Wow. No way. She was 93 years old. And I, I remember when they told me she's 93, I was like, oh my God, she's probably going to die. I, and I, it sounds crude. I know <laughs> you can leave it in here. You're the um, one that stuck the fork in her. <laughs> yeah. I was just like, oh man, I, I have a feeling she's going to die. And she died. And well, that's an interesting experience actually. Cause like, what, how does that jar the closing process? Yeah, it goes through the probate process yeah. and then the, the next of kin inherits the property and then they executed on the deal. It, it just delayed us by a few yeah. months. So I actually closed in that one in September, the smaller one. The bigger one I closed on in July and I'm starting renovations now. Mm-hmm. Um, the process is, is pretty straightforward. There's a few steps that you have to go through. The very first thing that you need to do is establish a tax ID number, which is called a cogita fiscale. And you, you just go to the municipality, you get, a, you get your social security number, and now you're registered and can be taxed, right? Mm-hmm. So you get your codice fiscale, you put down 10% of the contract price, right? So whatever the contract price is, expect to pay up 10%. Mm-hmm. Um, you could do that when you go back to your country, wire the funds, you wire it to the agent, they place it in escrow, similar to how it would be here in the States. Um, and then from that point, you have a few other things that happen. You have to get like your, your deed notarized in your, either you could do it there or you could do it here. But if you do it here, it has to be notarized and then signed off and certified by an apostasile, which was a first, I, I don't even know how to say that word, but it's like apostille, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, apostille. Yeah, it's a weird one. I just had yeah. to get that done for a, a visa in, in Spain, actually. Same process, pain in the ass, especially when the government shut down because <laughs> everything's yeah. delayed until they open back up. Exactly. So essentially, yeah. it's somebody who's certifying that the notary is real. Mm-hmm. And it's like a internationally recognized notary, mm-hmm. if, you, if you want to think of it that way. Yeah. So I had to get some documents uh, certified. I also use the agent as my proxy. Mm-hmm. So she closed on my behalf. And that was one of the documents that I needed to have notarized as well. It's like I authorized her to close on my behalf, et cetera. Yeah. So there's a fee for that, which is negotiated directly with the agent. And then um, for closing, you pay like a notary fee, which is kind of like our title fees. So the notary, he's the one who kind of reviews and prepares all the documents, make sure it's free and clear to sell. Um, so he does his bit and the notary's price, depending on how complex the property is, is around 2,500 euros. Could be more if there were like violations or like, uh, CO issues that they needed to clear up. Mm-hmm. If it's more work, price goes up, uh, for the one euro properties, it can get a little more expensive because there's more things for them to clear up. Usually for the premium listings, it stays around that 2,500. And then you also, because these properties are so cheap you also pay like a flat rate for the agent's fee. Mm-hmm. So since they're, because they're not, they're not going to make any money off of a 5,000 euro <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> transaction, right? 3% or 5% of that is like 150 oh, bucks. And God, how many emails do they have to take of just people asking 30 questions about oh. these properties, the same stuff and no one's going to show up, right? It's yeah, exactly. And, and, and that's the thing is like, I, I answer the same questions on my channel. Yeah. Right. So it's like people are asking them just like, look, man, it's all in the videos. Right. So yeah. I'm hoping they, they use it. Like, you know what, this guy did these videos. You might want to check that out. It takes you from beginning to end. No, just do, take the easy way out. I'll just send a list of 30 questions to the agent. <laughs> waste, <laughs> exactly. their, waste their time. <laughs> yeah, yeah I'll, exactly. I'll take, I'll send it to them and I expect them to answer my 30 questions and right. do this a million times. Maybe I'll buy that one euro house. Maybe. Exactly. They can make a, a seven cent commission or something. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You have so, to, you have to, you know, when you, when you do this and you worked with people, you understand, you start to understand like the pain points of the people you're working with. It's like oh, yeah. the majority of the people are, are just kicking the tires. You know, that gets old quickly, yeah. you know, so I, I could kind of understand. So those of you who are thinking about doing this, expect delays. I do warm introductions to Valeria. Um, and I kind of like vet people out a bit to see, are they real or not? Because I'm just not like going to keep spamming her. So I think she's more responsive to who I send 
mm-hmm. because I have already purchased from her and she knows what I'm doing. So if somebody comes through me, I kind of route them to her and, and kind of give a description as to like, yeah, this person seems legit in a way. Um, Let's be honest. Uh, you, you're trying to vet who, who's living in your neighborhood as well. No, no, no I, don't, I don't even <laughs> care about that because I, I'm, I'm barely going to be there. But it's more like I don't want to waste other people's time. So it's kind of like, what, have you bought real estate before? Why Italy? Mm. What's your plan? How much money do you have available to you? Um, because this is going to cost you over $30,000 if you do it the one year away. Yeah. Uh, have you looked at the premium listings? Have you watched all my videos? You know, I'll right. tell just because then I'll see what they're, if, they, if they're not even willing to look at it, then I, you know, they're, they're just like trigger response. I kind of mm-hmm. excited by the, the idea and yeah, they typically fall off. So where are you with this experience so far? Is it, is it intriguing to, for you to do more? Are you looking at acquiring more of these, you know, even the, the cheap, the more expensive premium listings. And you mentioned Spain as well. I, I had no idea that this program is offered in Spain. That's somewhat exciting. Yeah. I'll try to shoot you a link of an article that I read out, read about in Spain. There's a few towns in Spain that are often the same. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, as far as Musomeli is concerned, there's one property next door to me that's available for a Euro. It needs a new roof, which I guess would probably cost me like 8,000 or so. They're terracotta roofs, but they're small, so they're not mm-hmm. that expensive. So I flirted around with the idea of buying that one and just turning it into like a workshop for when I'm there. I could either turn it into like a podcast. I was thinking about turning it into something, right? I could turn it into a podcast room. I could turn it into like a, a creative space for the few people there who are like tech entrepreneurs or photographers or things that I'm into and just whoever wants to use it when I'm not there uses it. But I was like, do I really want to spend, you know, twelve, thirteen thousand dollars for that? No. Um, and I, I still need to complete my other projects. So I was like, yeah, I'm I'm getting a little too trigger happy here with buying up these cheap properties. I've even proved how I'm gonna extract value out of them. I'm I plan on putting them on Airbnb, uh, but we'll see what is gonna be my my occupancy rate, thirty percent, maybe less, because it's a small town. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure if I'm going to keep buying there, but I'm looking at uh, Spain. I, I have this whole plan to have more than 12 international properties so that I could live in each one for a month in the year and kind of just bounce around my properties, extracting the best times, the best moments yeah. in that property. So um, I'm actually headed to Brazil tonight to check out properties in uh, Buzios and uh, Cabo Frio and Ayo de Cabo, which are like kind of like the vacation spots outside of Copacabana mm-hmm. in Rio de Janeiro. Mm-hmm. Um, and the cool thing is that it's, it's unfortunate, but it's, it's good for me. The Brazilian currency, which is called the Hei, has been devalued about 33% from January till now because of the coronavirus. Mm-hmm. So it was trading at around four AIs to $1 prior to, to all this going down. It's now at five and a half. So I'm seeing properties that are selling for like 40,000 beachfront in Brazil. Um, I could rent out, I'm probably going to rent out a property there first. We're talking about rents of $200 a month mm-hmm. beachfront. Yeah. And, I'll test out Airbnb, see what the market's like, see how much, like if I, if I were to purchase this $40,000 property, how much could I extract out of it? I, I still like to try to, you know, hit my 1% rule in, in real estate yeah. investing. So that's the next purchase or the next property I'm going to get is going to be Brazil, looking at Spain, uh, Greece, and Thailand. Those are on the list so far. Um, and we'll see, we'll see where it goes, but I'm, I'm absolutely interested in getting more international properties. I think there's incredible value in earning in U.S. dollars, but living in some of these other economies. For instance, mm-hmm. in, in Italy, you own one of these properties outright, your a, a typical middle-class life, car, uh, cell phone, Wi-Fi, food, and having some money saved to travel around Europe will cost you 1,200 euros a month. Yeah. which is 
in my opinion, really low. In Colombia, it's about the same, about $1,000 a month provides for a family of two with a child living yeah. a normal middle-class life. So if you Highland can- the same, some of the, some of the greatest places to live, highest qualities of life. Yep. And, it, and, it's, and it's inexpensive. Like you, in Spain, Spain is, in, in my opinion, pretty low cost. I could go out to a nice restaurant or roadside restaurant. I would consider them nice. Get a glass of wine for three euros. If I go up the street in Fort Lauderdale, a glass of wine is going to cost me nine bucks. In New York City, it's going to cost me 17. Yeah. So stay, I look, stay home. Yeah, <laughs> just stay home and pay your, your outrageous rent. Yeah. Um, so I, I like looking at international properties for that improved quality of life. Also, the exposure to different customs, different people, different foods. It's, uh, I, I grew up in the U.S., but I love the world. Mm-hmm. And yeah. the more that I could kind of root myself in different areas – the more likely I am to, to, to find happiness and, and pleasure in life. So Love that's it. the plan. Carl, I know you got to catch a flight to, to Brazil pretty soon. We have a Patreon group and we like to get them involved in these episodes with some questions. Um, should we close and try to get a few of those answered? I know that there's, there's, yeah, they're still hot absolutely. on trying to figure out, um, you know, the best process for getting over there and, and trying to investigate these homes or, or explore and take a look at these homes. Uh, is there like a, a master directory right now of all the cities that are currently offering the one euro homes? I don't think there is to be quite yeah. honest because, gotta, I, and, I, and I haven't, I haven't looked mm-hmm. because uh, like the, the thing about the one euro homes is you, you have to expect to be ready to rebuild. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I would recommend that for anybody cause I wouldn't want it for myself. Mm-hmm. Right. So I'm not really looking at the one euro homes, but I would look at one euro homes just to, to really understand that there's like a market for, These, for premiums in the same neighborhood. Right. right. So it's like, it'll help me kind of zero in on where they may be really cheap properties. Got it. So, and, and pretty much any place in Europe or any of these small towns would presumably have some of these premium listings that are kind of in the five to 10,000 euro range. Yep. Definitely under 30,000, you can yeah. find things. If you think about the value on that, it's just, it's ridiculous compared to anything that anyone living in a Western country is typically used to. Yeah. I mean, I know Italy is a Western country, but we'll find out like even one of our patrons that lives in Italy and is Italian, wasn't even aware of this program. <laughs> so he's trying to figure out how to get involved. Right. So yes, that's it wild. just goes to show like there might be more media about this stuff in, in the mainstream, like Western media outlets than there might be even locally uh, in Italy. So, um, here's a question. Uh, do you have to live there? I assume that the answer is no, you don't have to be a resident or anything to buy these properties. No, you don't have to be a resident. And a question I get a lot asked a lot is, do you get residency by buying one of these? The answer again is no. Okay. Very good. Uh, Hussein asks, these can be rented out of course. Um, after you renovate them, I guess it sounds like you're going to Airbnb yours. Yep. You could rent them. Okay. I, I'm not sure what the legality is. I haven't researched like what are the the conditions, but mm-hmm. from what I see and what I'm do, planning on doing, I'm, I'm renting them. Okay. Accurate uh, as asking about property management, just in terms of like managing the Airbnb, flipping the houses and stuff. Have you been able to locate or come up with any type of system for that? Well, just use the resources that you, you use to get the house. So the agent, for instance, can help coordinate or connect me with someone who could clean the apartment. That's when you're doing Airbnbs, the, the, the ways that you automate that or kind of minimize your effort on that, mm-hmm. have the house under lockbox, have a Wi-Fi camera, right? So you could see who's coming in and out the house. And then you, the most important thing is that you have to have someone who's going to turn over your apartments for you. Yeah. So whoever this cleaning person is, they're going to be happy to have the reoccurring business and they're, they're pretty much your eyes on the property. If you have a lockbox on the property, you give them the code, people key in, they check in, they do their own thing. When they leave, they leave the key in the lockbox. The cleaning lady comes, opens the lockbox, cleans the apartment, changes the seats, gets it ready, mm-hmm. et cetera. So use the resources that you established between their agent, the contractor, they might have a family member or a friend or someone they know who's looking for that, that sort of work. And they're the ones who manage your property for you. Um, also, the, the uh, agent functions as a proxy. 
so she can get your electrical services turned on, make sure your tax bills are paid, that sort of thing for a management fee, so to speak, like more of the administrative management. So as far as worrying about that sort of stuff, money makes them shake. You know, if you, yeah. if you pay people, things happen, right? So just make sure that you price that into your operation and, and you'll be fine. I'm sure there's a lot of, of retired people or people without kind of steady work there that would just love to go over and flip a, flip a unit, have kind of some steady, steady business, right? Yeah. Um, and as far as you know, this program's still going on. There's still ha- homes being added to this one euro program. Um, yep. It sounds like it might even be expanding to other countries, which is fantastic. Yeah, there, there are more homes being added. The one that I told you about next door, mm-hmm. I asked them to research it for me because I was like, I would, it would make sense for me to get this. Got so it. they found the owner. She's like, yeah, I'll sell it for a euro. Um, <laughs> and now it's on the list. So it's, it's not like it's, it's as simple as that. Like, do you want to yeah. do it for the one euro? Here are the terms and conditions. I, I think they might give the people who put it up for one euro, like forgiveness on the penalty. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Because now it's putting it into the hands of somebody that's going to be mandated to fix it. Because you obviously haven't been fixing it, right? It sounds so like some type of fantasy movie. Yeah, I'll sell my house for a euro. <laughs> <laughs> Never heard that. Cool. I mean, this is this is all super interesting. Uh, congrats on your purchases. The story is awesome. I look forward to seeing the videos of the the finished products. Uh, hope it all works out for you, and, and good luck in all of your future endeavors. We'll, we'll love to, to pay attention and listen in. Uh, before we break, do you have anything you want to leave the listeners with, uh, including links to, to your material and everything like that? Absolutely. So if, if you want to see more, and I actually see this entire journey of mine getting these one euro properties or these premium properties, you can go over to ENTP Life. So that's Echo November Tango Papa Life on YouTube. It's all documented right there. I also do a lot of educational work on how to invest in real estate. I have a course called Killing the American Dream, which teaches you how to invest in one to four family real estate. You can check that out by checking out entplife.com. I also teach how to get into my primary business, which is home healthcare. Um, so I have a series, I, any, everything that I do in my life, I put out on my YouTube channel. So whatever resonates with you and whatever you feel that you could extract out of it, whether it's stock trading, whether it's how to just think in an entrepreneurial way. Um, it's all, it's all over there on my channel. And one bit of advice that I try to give everybody, the ideas in your head can become realities in your life. So don't leave them in your head. Talk about your ideas with everybody and act on your ideas. Because if you do that, there's a pretty high chance the thing that you're fantasizing about can become a reality. So just, just, Take that and uh, run wild with it. I love the advice, guys. Links to all that in the show notes. Check it out. Carl is the man. Carl, thanks again. Thank you, man. Ciao, bello. Grazie. Take my money. Here's my, here's my euro. G- give me 20 oh, someone's houses. Been pr- someone's been practicing that Italiano. Yeah, yeah. Bye, Americano. Mm, 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 mm. We'll be in our broken down one euro home covered in rubble, just jamming out to Papa Americano. Oh my God. So <laughs> Is that even fir- Italian? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> probably not. So when I first uh, heard about the, you know, the premium listings, it sounded like bait and switch. But mm-hmm. when I think about it more, it's actually a much better deal. Oh, it's a much better deal. But yeah, it almost feels like the entire thing was orchestrated around the premium listings. Like we'll throw in these like dilapidated places that no one's even going to touch. By the time they look at the the standard listings, uh, they seem like great deals. But in the end, like you couldn't even go into the most ghetto parts of America and expect to buy a place for $5,000. I know, I know we've had on the landlord, uh, one of our most popular episode, and he's, he's, buying these, these type of like project style, uh, really, really bad units in the USA. And he's paying like 35,000 and the renovate them, he's putting in like 20. So he's kind of all in 55. And then you're literally in the most ghetto, most dangerous neighborhoods and buildings in America. Um, so by comparison, you can be in a quaint Italian village, uh, with, literally zero crime you leave your door open all all year long and 
you can be in a pretty nice place, uh, fully updated for sounds like kind of 30 to 35,000. So just at a glance, the value, even on the premium listings is still pretty ridiculous. Yeah, I definitely agree. But it does remind me of, you know what, 10 years back when Detroit had $20 homes for sale, it was probably very similar. But if anything, Detroit at least you know had access to an airport close by, had you know access to roads. A lot of these one-year homes are so far away. I think all of them are a two-hour drive from from any airport, and they're in these really small towns with really narrow streets and no parking. They're just not designed for city living. You know, Detroit might recover one day. I really doubt these quaint little village towns are ever going to become popular. Ooh, I don't know. I may have may have agreed with you post or pre-COVID, but um, yeah, I mean, I still think there's there's going to be an, an exodus, a large scale exodus from the cities. It's 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 happening right now, but it will after COVID, people will go back to the cities and forget about things. But over time, as things become increasingly more digital and and work becomes more remote, people are going to continue to find ways to save money and live a higher quality of life. So I do think there'll be a resurgence of some of these, these smaller areas. Uh, but I do agree in terms of getting at the end investment, you know, it's probable that you're not going to be able to flip these on Airbnb <laughs> at a high occupancy rate. Um, and it's also probable that, you, you know, you, you're not going to visit this like you would um, your top vacation and, and, and nomad destinations. Yeah, it's it's hard because I actually was really excited. I was staying, you know, beachside uh, in Sri Lanka, looking at these these houses a few months back, and there was actually a few a bunch of Italians staying in the same guest house. So I started asking about mm-hmm. it, and they had never heard of it. And it was it was surprising to me that they had never heard of the program. But when I showed them the locations, they're like, "Oh, you know, uh, yeah, it's they're they're pretty remote little villages." I can see, you know, uh, people retiring. Like, I, I think, you, you know who this is perfect for? If someone is, you know, in their 50s and is planning retiring the next, you know, however, you know, a few years and wants to live a simple, beautiful life, a quiet life. And they've always dreamed of being in some, you know, gorgeous place in Italy and just kind of living there most of the year and having a very low kind of upkeep maintenance cost. I think this is perfect for them. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's perfect for us, uh, even though I would like to have a place in Italy. I just cannot imagine us staying there for more than a few weeks at a time. No, I think we would get bored unless we're in love with some local there. Um, it was more <laughs> like a, it's either a vanity project or, or a uh, romantic project, I guess. But I think if, if you could find a village, let's say you're living in Central Europe, because a lot of these places are in northern Italy, which is pretty cool. I mean, you have access to Tuscany within a couple hour drive, and you're also access to ski country right there, Lake Como, things like that. But I think if you lived in a big city in Europe and you had access to these places within a two hour drive, because that to, to me, there's still the majority of people in the world that own second homes. They're usually within like a two hour drive. You know, it's not you're in, in Florida and you have a vacation home in Big Sky, Montana. It's you live in... Orlando or Atlanta, Georgia, and you have a vacation home that's on a lake or mountain two hours outside. So if you could find a place that was located near a big city um, and you could have this as sort of a, just a fun project or kind of an escape, it's your little study or something like that. I think it could be very practical for the price, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm still not sold on the fact that you could renovate this and flip it or that you could even monetize it on Airbnb effectively. But I think we'll have to, you know, we'll have to th- toss that up to to Carl after he gets his fully renovated and try to talk to more people that have done it because it's still it's still a very interesting project and, and opportunity. Yeah, definitely. And from what I heard from Carl, his kind of plan to renovate it uh, and and to make some money back was actually to rent it out to other foreigners who are looking at one of your homes because there's there weren't that many places to stay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and it could potentially be cool. Like in Sicily where he is, it sounds like a, um, there's a lot of other people coming into that area to buy them. So you could have, end up creating almost haphazardly a, a nomad hub of some sort because everyone went in with the same idea. But um, no. I don't know. I mean, Johnny, we pulled our, our listeners in Boss Lounge and 
overwhelming support to do a trip to Italy organized somewhat as like a meetup, like an iLab meetup uh, to go out and look at these things. And I think it would make an amazing trip. I actually can't think of a better iLab meetup than doing this. Yeah. Get a group of 10 people together, go to Northern Italy, spend three nights out there looking at these places, but just, you know, drinking wine and with a beautiful view and hanging out, talking shop. I think that's, that's, that's on the itinerary for 2021. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. I, I think this is, that was a master plan when I saw you post that. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's as fun as it is going to Vegas and renting uh, supercars, driving on the track, actually going to look at an investment, especially overseas, makes a lot more sense for the Invest Like a Boss podcast. Yes, I love it. So can we count you in, Johnny? Yeah, I'm 100% in. Uh, I love going to Italy, especially in the summer. And what are my plans is actually to go to Italy every summer just for a week. It's one of the only places in the world where I'd like going for a short amount of time. Everywhere else, I want to stay for three months at a time. Italy is one of those places I really just want to go go for a week, eat some food, drink some wine, and then get out of there. Oh, man, I love it. I love it. Well, that's what we'll do. And all the listeners out there, tentatively put this on your schedule. It's going to be covid Subject to COVID, uh, assuming things start to loosen up, we'll get something schedule, <clears throat> scheduled. Derek's in, Johnny's in, I'm in. So what we'll do is we'll, we'll meet over in Italy. We'll identify which areas people are most interested in. Personally, me, Sicily's interesting. I'm, I'm kind of leaning a little bit more towards northern Italy, but let's see what's available. T- anything around Tuscany or the big cities like Milan would be really neat. Uh, let's see what's available. What we'll do is we'll, we'll We'll try to organize two different groups. We'll get out there for three nights uh, each, four days, three nights with each group. Um, we'll tar- target different areas. And then afterwards, uh, like we did with the iLab Summit out in Ve- uh, Los Angeles and Vegas, afterwards we'll do something. Maybe we'll go to Barcelona and, and hang out at my, at my new place or we'll do something else in Europe. But everyone kind of tentatively earmarked that as a trip as soon as COVID loosens up. And um, I, I think that'll be the big one for 2021. Yeah, I definitely agree. Uh, what month were you thinking of? I, I would like to get there as early as possible simply because I suspect that there's going to be a lot more inventory available now that COVID's gone through and, you know, unfortunately ravaged Italy and, uh, and, and, and Spain and, you know, other countries that are going to be bringing this program. So I think the earlier we can go, the better, but obviously you know, we gotta, we gotta be sensitive to the situation in the world. Yeah. I've got to ravage uh, kindly and, and softly. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or maybe you gotta, you have to have uh, the vaccine or the antibody to go first come first serve something. Yeah. Like that. So we'll see. Yeah. Get your, get your antibody. <laughs> Definitely. But what we'll do is we'll have more discussion. There's already a thread in the boss lounge. If you haven't joined yet, go and invest like a boss.com click on bonus. You can join our Facebook group there. Uh, to join the boss lounge, you can either leave a review on iTunes and let us know where you left the review, or you can become a Patreon prices start as low as $5 a month. And you get access to exclusive content like the quarterly updates. We just posted ours actually very recently for this quarter. And I'm thinking what we'll do is we'll have a Patreon only dinner or something, you know, maybe then we can all get there one night before and we'll have a small private dinner for just the Patreon. So Everyone get to know each other, you know, share very openly in a small group and kind of as a, as a thank you to all of our VIP Patreons, the $25 and up ones, which you guys did dinner. So if you guys have been a Patreon for at least, you know, two or three months, dinner's on us. Johnny's cooking, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Sri Lankan noodle special. <laughs> yeah. One of us will be. So uh, very yeah. cool guys. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Big thank you for everyone who has left these five-star reviews of the podcast uh, the last couple of weeks. We would love some for this month. So please hop on. Uh, this this week, I want to give a shout out to Buckeye, who says, best podcast ever. This is my favorite podcast by far. Not only is the content great, but the hosts are likable. And I like, and I hope to call them friends one day. I know we can take over the world together. Or maybe uh, ravage uh, Italy. So hope to see you out there. <laughs> Certainly some ravage some Italian wine. Yeah. <laughs> maybe buy a couple one-year homes. 
<laughs> no, this could turn into something really cool. Yeah, I agree. And thanks for that review. And thanks, thanks to everyone who's took the time to leave a five-star review. It, it helps tremendously uh, in us being able to get on great guests and, um, you know, get more airspace on, on the different channels. Very cool. Appreciate you guys. Ciao and see you all next week. Thanks for listening to the Best Like a Boss podcast. Join our mailing list at investlikeaboss.com to get exclusive access to our insider investment portfolios and our private members forum. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. Tell your friends and leave us a review in the iTunes store. It helps more than you know. See you guys next week.